It's an honor to be here with you today. I knew uh, Elm Grove when it was just one tree. <laughs> Some of y'all will get that on the way home. I was Russ concerned about this white dog restaurant. I asked somebody if it was a Chinese restaurant. So, <laughs> one less dog in Clinton. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's good to be here with you all. We always enjoy coming out to the Grove and uh, worshiping with you. Um, let me just add to what has already been said today. Uh, I discovered last night, uh, I guess it was on your website, uh, Kay noticed that today was Pastor Appreciation Day, and it, um, it's an honor to be here on this day because of our deep love and affection for your pastors, uh, both uh, Orville and Sherry and Jared and Jenny have been friends of ours for years. Uh, it's it's interesting uh, to see uh, Deidre being the children's pastor because I've known her all of her life, so that just helps me feel older. You know, <laughs> when, uh, I remember Donetta Painter over at Woodward came up to me a few years back and said, uh, "Brother, I was her youth pastor." She introduced me to her grandchild. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, <laughs> I am as old as dirt, but anyway, uh, we we love um, Orville and Sherry, and um, I can tell you this that. Um, when when we were going through some difficult days, um, we there was always somebody we knew we could call and talk to, and it was Orville and Sherry. At the time, Neil and uh, Andrea lived here too. And uh, I think there were some times where just uh, these three couples together were each other's source of survival. We made it together, and I'm we're eternally, eternally grateful for that. And um, we're so proud to see uh, Jared and Jenny here. Obviously, uh, you all know that uh, you got a real bargain when you got uh, uh, Jared uh, because you got uh, his lovely wife and his kids who we just love. We just love this uh, family, and we've, we're uh, grateful that God, God did the work to bring them here. When, when Orville mentioned that to me, it's been about a year ago, that uh, it just it, almost instantly I knew that uh, it would be a good fit because I, I know you all and I know uh, new Jared, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. You see, one word from God can change your life. Now, one word that's not from God can really mess you up. And uh, I've been around long enough to, uh, to see both. I've seen things that, that were given, said as, quote, a word from God, and uh, that word did not come from the God I know. Right. Amen. Uh, and there's sometimes I think people give what, what they really felt like was a word from God, and uh, they just missed it, you know, because it involves human human beings. And I've never met a, a human that's that is infallible. We all have, we all make mistakes, but... I have seen a word from God change people's lives. I, I really have. Um, I remember 30-some-odd years ago when I was passing over at, at Manford, Assembly of God, there was a, a, a man with a prophetic ministry came, and there was a guy in our church, and he said, I see you on staff with Pastor Couch. 
In fact, someday I, I see you carrying his coat, which was sort of an interesting word. Well, several years passed, and uh, I left Manford, excuse me, went to Eastern Assembly of God in Tulsa. And uh, after I'd been there about a month, the, the lady who had been the business administrator, bookkeeper of the church, decided to retire. The same week, the guy that, that we were talking about from Manford found out he was being transferred to California. He worked for Texaco when he was being transferred to California. with, And he really didn't want to uproot his family, his three daughters. And God spoke to me and said, call Randy and see if he would be interested in coming on staff as the business administrator of the church. And we had 48 hours to make that decision. Uh, but between the time that the church needed to act and he had to give a decision to Texaco whether or not to move. And he became our, youth, our, he became our uh, business administrator and Christian education director. And uh, it was my habit at that time. I always wore a suit back in the day, you know. <laughs> or, or a suit to preach and whenever I would uh, get up to preach I would take off my jacket take off my coat and I got up and I stood behind the pulpit and I looked over to where the pastoral staff was sitting and uh, Randy Dyer was uh, holding my coat um, can't make stuff up like that folks that was a very accurate role today Randy Dyer is the, is the lead pastor of that church and so in the spiritual sense, he's still holding my coat. And uh, I'm glad we serve a big God that knows where we're at today. Amen. Several years ago, uh, we were having a concert. Well, actually, it was just a, a family came to sing at our church. Uh, we have a church that's unique and that we meet on Friday nights. To my knowledge, the only Assemblies of God church in the world that only has church on Friday night. And uh, at that time, actually, we were meeting on Thursdays. But, in, but anyway, we had a family come in, and they were singing for us. And um, their sons had put together a little sample CD. I still have that little sample CD. And uh, I had a little boom box in my office. And uh, we listened to their CD, and, and we said, well, this is great. You guys really did good. God bless you. And God spoke a word into my heart, and the word was, I see you singing across the street. Well, across the street from my office at the time, I was, I was in an office at the Cityplex Towers, and across the street from my office was the Maybe Center, which holds about 11,000 people. Well, it was only if it was across the street naturally, but in one sense it was, could have been on the other side of the world to say, I see you singing across the street. Well, about six months later, I was preaching for their parents down in Baytown, Texas, and God gave me another word, and the word was, I see you at the Grammys. When God spoke that to my heart, it scared me. I thought, well, you know, this, this is their first album, you know. <laughs> uh, how's that going to work? You know, they just, they just completed their album. And about three months later, I got a call from uh, their dad, and he said, Brother Don, are you sitting down? I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am sitting down. And uh, he said, I just want to let you know, we just got a call from the boy's agent uh, they just got notified that their album's been nominated for a Grammy Award. And uh, subsequent to that, they've done three other albums, and all of their albums have been nominated for Grammy Awards. So they've become regular attendees at the, at the Grammys. And uh, recently, uh, one of their songs is nominated for the uh, Song of the Year at the Dove Awards. 
uh, best worship song of the year and best song of the year. It's a group of guys by the name of Leland. And um, these, uh, uh, a few months after I gave them that word, actually it was a few years after I gave them that word, I was at a concert in the Maybe Center. I looked up on stage. Uh, Leland was singing in front of 10,000 people. So, folks, I want to tell you that one word from God really can change your life. And, I, and I, I'm grateful for what God is doing. I want to tell you that this church is not about just a church or a community, but I believe God has placed this entire area, this entire region, and set this church here for the purpose of changing this region. And I, I want to encourage you that I, I believe in the days ahead you're going to see great increase. I know there's been I know there's been great days in the past, but I believe the best days are yet to come. I believe there'll come a day where you'll see this building full and know there won't be a casket in front. I, I get really tired of going to churches and the only time you ever see them full is when somebody died. Well, I want to tell you, we're here today because somebody died, but thank God he rose again. Hallelujah. There's a Holy Ghost draw to this place. Amen. And I believe it. I believe there's coming a day when you're going to see this place alive, full people uh, coming to Jesus. Uh, and uh, I, I believe that the youth of this community, Brother Jared, God sent you here not just for this church but for this community. And uh, I see a great revival breaking out among the youth of this uh, entire area where uh, it will be the coolest thing on the cool as the other side of the pillow. Some of y'all will get that on the way home too. Anyway, <laughs> to, to, to be in church. There, there won't be a negative, uh, a negative thing to say. I'm, I'm gonna it's going to be a positive thing. People, young people are going to run to Jesus. I see young people running to Jesus. Amen. Saying, I got to have Jesus. I got I to gotta have him. I've had enough of this other stuff, and I'm going to run to Jesus. And sealing and, uh, and Chester and Elm, this area will be known as a, a hot spot for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, life's been changed by the power of God. So I encourage you that good days are ahead, uh, and, and God's going to show himself strong. Where there has been lack, there will be plenty. Amen. The future of this church and area is not uh, going to be based upon uh, the success of, of a crop or the success of a well. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> In the Holy Ghost, there will be no dry well. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God's got something good in store for you. Some people think I'm a little touched. <laughs> Been touched by the Holy Ghost, amen. Praise God. Uh, this guy with the Christian strong shirt on and the lady next to him. Are you all together? That's good. <laughs> well, I've, you know, you don't want to give somebody a word and they don't even know each other. They just have to be sitting next to each other. There's an old song that says, if you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, you'd know the reason why I love him so. Where God has brought you from to where you are today is a significant change brought about by his grace. 
but where you are today to where he's taking you to a higher level than you've ever dreamed possible. God has you in his hand and his blessings rest upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. God's a good God. Amen. Uh, in the back, a lady kind of in orange sitting next to a guy in turquoise. Just, yeah. Ma'am, uh, I, most of y'all I, I may have met, but I don't know you. So I, I, whatever, if God gives me something, I believe it's by the Spirit. But uh, when we were doing the shaky howdy time, The greeting time. I, I every once in a while something like this will happen. I saw on you a mark of great prosperity, and uh, I want to tell you, I, it doesn't matter where you are now, but we serve a God who is Jehovah Jireh, who sees where we're at and He supplies. And I believe that prosperity in great measure is coming into your hands for the sake of the kingdom. Amen, for the sake of the kingdom. Because I believe you've dreamt, dreamed of being able to do more for the kingdom, particularly for missions. And uh, I believe that God's going to enable you to do what you've dreamed uh, for the sake of the kingdom. And uh, your, your heart has been broken when you've seen the needs of people, particularly in third world countries who have nothing. Uh, people who would give anything for just a drink of water. And uh, God's going to enable you to, to give to see their hopelessness turn to hope because he's a big God. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> this lady in the plaid right here, what has been designated to you in days gone by is a hopeless situation. God is a God of hope. Amen. And where there has been days and there's been times when it seems like there was no solution, uh, God is the solution. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And there's been ways you say, there's been times you said, I don't think there is a way. There's no way out of this mess. There's no, no way God can turn it around. I want to tell you where the enemy says no way, God says yes way. Amen. And we serve a yes, yes God. Hallelujah. Acts, the 25th chapter, 24th chapter, excuse me, Acts 24. Um, I'm going in, uh, I, I just want to obey God here. And uh, some, it's interesting sometimes we, as pastors, ministers, we have this really nicely well-developed sermon that's all lined out and everything, and then God says, do something else. And having taught... Um, Having taught preaching at two different Christian universities, uh, I would never allow my students to do what I'm going to do. <laughs> and that is just preach, just uh, w without having anything bef in front of me, just the word, but that's what we need. You know, when Paul came to the end of his life and um, he was writing his last letter, his last letter was to Timothy. Book of Second Timothy is considered to be the last letter that Paul wrote, and the last chapter of the last letter he wrote to Timothy: "Preach 
the Word. And I want to tell you something. I know your pastors, and they, they believe in preaching the Word. Because there's a lot of people that are just preaching the, uh, preaching the, you know, whatever they heard on the news. I remember uh, one time a guy was a, was a pastor and a preacher of the gospel. And he loved to preach Jimmy Swaggart's messages. And uh, everything went really well until one day he was preaching and he said something. I turned over in the, the bed last night and said to, and, and he used Jimmy Swaggart's wife's name instead of his own wife's name. <laughs> he, he had really gotten Jimmy Swaggart's message down. He just forgot to change the name of the wife, you know, so... I can really get you into a bind, you know. So I preach the word. Amen. Uh, Acts 24. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceedings. When Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, he was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I'll send for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently to talk with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, but because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. I want to pay particular attention to the 25th verse. As Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I'll send for you. sad story is that to our knowledge, History never records that Felix ever found it convenient. In other words, he dismissed Paul with the idea, when I get around to it, when I have time to make a decision for Jesus, I'll do so. Well, he evidently never found it convenient. Folks, I want to tell you, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to decide for Jesus. Now is the time to receive whatever you need to receive from Jesus. Don't wait for a more convenient season. You may never have a more convenient season. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. A lot of people have the idea, well, I'm going to get saved when I find it convenient. They have all kinds of excuses. I've, uh, uh, I, uh, the devil specializes in excuses. Um, I'm gonna, I've heard people say, well, there's too much to give up. Well, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Now, there is pleasure in sin for a season, but the end thereof is destruction. And let me just say this. The Bible's very accurate when it says there's pleasure in sin for a season. If it wasn't fun, there wouldn't be so many people doing it. Amen. But the end of it is destruction. I've actually heard people say, well, I'm going to get saved after the rapture. 
Let me just tell you, if you don't have the guts to live for Jesus now, you're not going to have the guts to die for him then. And if I read the word correctly, the only way that anybody's going to be saved after the rapture is they're going to be beheaded. So I'm pretty sure if you don't have the guts to live for Jesus now, you're not going to have the guts to have your head lopped off then. And the other excuse is this. Well, I've got plenty of time. That's the one young people, teenagers, kids like to use the most. I'm young. I've got plenty of time. Well, folks, I want to tell you, every day people die that don't plan on it. Uh, Last weekend, several thousand people gathered together for a concert in Las Vegas. They never had even the faintest clue that it'd be their last concert, their last day on earth, but 59 of them died and over 500 of them were injured. When I heard that news, the thought crossed my mind. I wonder how many of them knew Jesus. I'm sure some of them probably did, but I'm likewise sure that some of them probably didn't. And for them, it was too late. Today is the day of salvation. We don't know when our last opportunity will come. Two or three years ago, I was preaching a revival meeting in the little uh, town of Haskell, Oklahoma. Uh, My cousin was the pastor of that church. And we had a revival meeting. On the last night of that revival, Wednesday night of that meeting, a young man came to church at the invitation of some of his friends They had asked him time and time and time again to come to church. And uh, finally he came on that last night of the revival and preached a simple message. And that evening that young man came forward, gave his heart to Jesus. The next Sunday morning he had plans to be in church. But in the wee hours of the night and into the wee hours of the morning he got in an argument with his own brother. And his brother shot him to death so the last time that he was in church was the last time he was in church fortunately the last time he was in church he gave his heart to Jesus so what was only three days of living for Jesus resulted in eternity with Christ thank God today is the day of salvation do not delay Today is the day to receive whatever you need from Jesus. I believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever so that whatever he was, he is. And whatever he did, he still does today. He is Savior, Healer, Baptizer, Coming King. By the way, I still believe that Jesus is the Baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul, or John, uh, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I am, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, and I believe it today. Pentecost was not something that happened one day. Some people have the idea that Pentecost was the beginning and the end. I want to tell you, Pentecost was just the beginning of what God wanted to do. And he said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Thank God we're living in that day where God's still pouring out the Holy Spirit. I went to college in Springfield, Missouri at Evangel University. I remember a young lady sharing a testimony in one of our classes. She was raised as an Episcopalian, very formal sort of church. 
And uh, in the Episcopal Church, much like the Catholic Church, they have a process called confirmation. Where at about the age of 12, you study a course and uh, then you come before the church and they lay hands on you, pray for you, and they confirm you. And from that day forward, you're kind of considered to be an adult. You can partake of communion. It's a very special time in that church. Well, this young lady, she went through the confirmation classes and it was her day to be confirmed. Well, as a part of the ceremony of confirmation, they lay hands on you and just as a formality say, receive ye the gift of the Holy Spirit. The priest laid hands on her, said, receive ye the gift of the Holy Spirit, and she did. She was baptized in the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave her utterance. Really messed up that Episcopal church. She had never heard anybody speak in other tongues, didn't even know there was such a thing. She just believed that when, she, when he said receive the Holy Ghost, she just believed she would, and she did. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus can do it for you today. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you ought to be. Now, there are groups that teach that if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you won't go to heaven. I don't see that in the Bible. I just know that if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it makes the trip better. Amen. Don't wait for a more convenient season. Well, we got, we're going to have cookies and punch here in a minute or cake or whatever it is. I think it'd be better to get filled with the new wine than it is to have a little punch. Don't wait for a more convenient season to receive your miracle. See, Jesus is still healing people today. He's still a miracle-working God. And I think sometimes, well, one of these days I'm going to believe God. No, you might as well just believe God today and receive your miracle in this place because we serve a healing Jesus. I was recently at a church in McAllister, Oklahoma. God gave me a word, and the word was, God is healing somebody right now of deafness in your left ear. After service, a young man came forward. He, he did not look like a church guy. We need more of them in church. We need more people in church that don't look like they belong in church. They just, he had a mohawk, piercings, tattoos, heathen. It's amazing how we, we kind of miss the idea that it's people that need Jesus that need Jesus. He called us to be fishers of men. We catch them, he cleans them. We want, to, we want everybody to look like us if they're going to get saved. Amen. Anyway, he came up to me, he's bawling tears streaming down his face. He said, Brother Don, when I was in junior high school, he was a young man in his probably early 30s, he said, I was just roughhousing with one of my buddies. And when I did, he just slapped me up, just slapped me on the side of the head. When he did, it burst my eardrum in my left ear. He said, I haven't heard out of my left ear until tonight. And as soon as you spoke that word, my left ear opened. I can hear as good out of it as I did out of the other. 
Praise God. We serve a healing Jesus. I shared that testimony at Oak Mulgee, at the Assembly of God Church in Oak Mulgee. And a lady said, would you pray for my son? He has deafness in his ear, has a constant ringing. He's a businessman, and he, part of his job is to give uh, presentations and speeches uh, in front of uh, very important business people. But he has so much trouble with his ear that a lot of times he has to turn it over to somebody else, and, and it's very frustrating, really, really important, his job. So we prayed for him that day young man. That week he had an appointment to go from Oak Mulgee to Tulsa to do a presentation. He tried to find somebody to take his place and he, he couldn't find anybody. As he was driving down the road to make that presentation in his car, Jesus touched him. The ringing left, his ear opened. He's had no deafness since because we serve a big God. Hallelujah. I was at a meeting a while back in Cleveland, Oklahoma. A lady came up to me and said, uh, Brother Don, do you remember me? I said, well, she said, it's been five years. Really? Five years? Yeah, she said. She told me, reminded me of the story. She'd come to a revival meeting. And when she began to tell me the story, I recalled the situation. On a Sunday night, a lady came to church. She was jaundiced beyond recognition, bright yellow. Somebody had urged her to come to church that night. She was so sick that she hadn't been able to come in the morning, and they literally had to help her to her car at her home, get, help her get in the car, and then when she got to church, to come into the church. And I remember... Something came over me. I was standing on a platform. I came down off the platform. I pointed my finger at her and I said, I rebuke cancer in your body. You will live and not die. I didn't know what she had. I didn't know what was wrong with her. But I found out later she had been sent home with stage four cancer. Sent home to die. That night, on the spot, Jesus healed her of her cancer. And five years later, she is just wanting to give God the glory. Amen. Because she'd been cancer-free ever since. Hallelujah. Don't wait for a more convenient season. If you need a miracle, believe God for your miracle tonight. I remember Marilyn Hickey telling the story of, of, uh, of a missionary uh, in Kenya. And uh, he had gone, and he was actually was a Baptist preacher. And he had gone to Kenya to preach the gospel. And uh, he wasn't having any results. Nothing was happening. And God spoke to him, and it was a predominantly Muslim area of Kenya. And, and God spoke to him and said, just begin to bless people. He'd just go around to people's businesses. I bless you in the name of Jesus. He'd go to say, I bless you. Sometimes... You know, he's careful about what he, I bless you. There's one young lady in the church that, or in the community that was a Muslim who was sick. And he just went up to her and said, I bless you in the name of Jesus. On the spot, Jesus miraculously healed that young lady. She went and told the shaman at the mosque about what had happened. He asked the Baptist preacher 
to come to the mosque and bless the mosque. So the Baptist preacher goes to the mosque and he blesses the mosque. The Baptist preacher, or I mean the, the, the Muslim shaman said, I would like to read the words of Jesus. So the Baptist preacher hands him a Bible. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I've, I've taken a pledge that I will never read the Bible. So the guy had enough presence of mind. He tore off the outside cover, got out a marker, and put the words of Jesus. The Muslim shaman read the words of Jesus and gave his heart to Christ. Revival broke out in the mosque. People began to get saved. This guy in the Muslim mosque was preaching Jesus. Well, he was actually from Iran. He always had a dream that he could go back to Iran and preach the gospel in Iran. The Muslims in the mosque got so tired of him preaching Jesus in their mosque, they raised the money to send him to Iran. Today, he's a pastor in Iran of a Christian church, and it was paid for by Muslims in Kenya. Hallelujah. There's no sense waiting on your miracle. If you need a miracle of provision, our God's still the provider. Recently, we had a, a couple in our church. Young man went to the Veterans Administration Hospital. He was sick, and he had been to the Veterans Hospital at some time. And he went, and he checked in. And uh, they said, we've been looking for you. Now, folks, if you go to a government agency and they say they've been looking for you, that's usually not good. <laughs> and so, so he, uh, the, he said, well, I I've, I've, haven't been in hiding. Everywhere I've ever gone, I've left a forwarding address. They said, oh, no, no, it's nothing wrong. We've just been wanting to notify you that you're eligible for veterans' benefits. You were injured while you were working for uh, in the Army and... Uh, from this day forward, you're going to get a check for your disability. And they said, by the way, it's retroactive. So in one check, he got 13 years back pay. Amen. Folks, if God can use the government to meet your need, Amen. Y'all see? Don't wait for a more convenient season. Felix, the Bible says here that he began to shake out of fear. We would call it he got under conviction. God was dealing with his heart to give his heart to Jesus, but he chose to wait for a more convenient season and the more convenient season never came. Friend, don't wait for a more convenient season to make a decision for Jesus or to receive what you need to receive from Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the great God of glory. He can do anything you need him to do and he can do it today. Do not wait for a more convenient season. Make a decision for Jesus and decide to receive from Jesus today. Today is your day. Amen. It's the day you're honoring your pastors. 
But I can assure you that nothing would be of greater blessing to your pastoral staff than for somebody to be touched by the miracle-working hand of our Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. It's yea and amen to everyone who believes it. Lord, I pray today if there'd be anybody here that doesn't know you as Savior, that today would be their day of salvation. Help them to understand and realize that today's the best day. There's no need for them to wait another day, no need to take a chance to risk. To risk another day without you, Lord, would be foolishness. If there's anyone here today who has not accepted Christ as Savior, may this be their day to make that decision. Lord, if there are people here today who need a miracle, I believe today is a day of miracles. Your word says if two or more agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done. So as they come today by faith, expecting as we come in agreement with them, this is their day for a miracle. Lord, I pray today you'd show yourself strong. Thank you for what you're doing in this great church and thank you for the future that is in your hands. It's a great future. We speak blessing and increase in Jesus' name.